Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch today. Of course, I'm Heather Hirsch and I have my very good and patient friend, Dr. Natalie Dottillo, back with me today. We did a podcast, oh, around the holidays, before the holidays on gratitude. So Dr. Dottillo is back with us today. She is a uh, director of psychology at Brigham and Women's Hospital, where I also work. And we are just going to have a very candid conversation about some of the self-care properties that Natalie's going to talk to us about that we want to think about as we're going through the pandemic and as this whole thing waxes and wanes. So Natalie, I'd love for you to just reintroduce yourself to everyone in my audience and what uh, you really like to focus your time on, especially in your niche of psychology. Okay. Hi, Heather. It's so good to see you again this way, you know, virtually at a distance, but <laughs> last, <than> ever. <laughs> last time we were in my little office and I know. Yeah. Gosh, that feels like for a lifetime ago. ago. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm a clinical health psychologist and I I work at Brigham and Women's in the Department of Psychiatry. And I see patients there primarily treating conditions like depression, anxiety, insomnia, stress, burnout, you know, the stuff that we see a lot of and that everybody is a little maybe familiar with now. Um, at this Everyone's point, got like a finger in it. We've gone through. Yeah, everybody kind of dipped our toe in the, in the anxiety pool a bit, if that was the, maybe the, a first for some. Um, it's been intense, that's for sure. And we've been working really, really hard um, for the past couple of months. And um, yeah, and so um, my my main areas of interest. I love working with people um, on mind-body approaches to health and wellness, both physical, mental, emotional health, um, wellness, and, and fitness, and um, like mindset strategies, motivation, and self-care, and the importance of self-care, and especially, you know, lately, and kind of like always, but especially lately, and the self-care activities that we do really form the foundation of our ability to cope and our ability to cope well, and our ability to adapt to changing situations and be flexible in our approach to do that, which is really the, what allows us to be resilient in the face of um, adversity and setback. So. Wow, yeah. So let's talk about self-care. Okay. So I was going to ask you why self-care is so important, but you sort of started to divulge a little bit about self-care. But let's really kind of get into that little deeper because we all hear self-care. It's sort of like when the dentist tells us we should brush two times a day and we do that for like a week and then we fall back into like just brushing at night or whatever it is that your bad habit is, you know, maybe I'm projecting, but why do we, why should we really think about the benefits of self-care and then if that's so important, how do we keep that a habit? Mm -hmm. No, that's a really good question. And I, I think I think about self-care maybe just a little bit differently. There's actually a standard definition that the World Health Organization uses for self-care. And it really is intended to um, give people tools to take better care of their health themselves without always requiring um, a medical 
professional to be the one that's always sort of um, the go-to person to be taking care of our health, like putting that back on us and sort of empowering us to do the, you know, to do um, what, you know, the best that we can to take care of ourselves, body, mind, spirit. And so I focus on like the psychological aspects of self-care and the things that we can do, we can do to enhance our mental fitness and our mental wellness, which is also connected to our physical you know, fitness and our physical wellness because the mind and body aren't separate from one another. And my definition of self-care is actually really pretty simple and straightforward. It's those things that you know are good for you. Like when you have that go through your head, you're like, oh, it would be really good for me to do this. It would be good for me to do X, Y, and Z, or I know that this is good for me to do. And it's all the things that we basically already know. So it's, it's exercise, it's, it's nutrition, it's sleep, it's all of those things and taking matters into your hands and really being very, um, taking some ownership over that. But I'm also looking at the things that, you know, how we think and being really careful about the things that we think and how we think about ourselves and how we think about the world and really thinking and and really making sure that we're paying special attention and that there are tips and tricks that that we can do that will help us keep us, that will help keep us healthy in mind as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm already thinking about those thoughts that run through people's minds, like I should exercise. I should brush my teeth twice a day. I should go get that manicure, but, 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 but. And, yeah. and you know, so how do we allow ourselves to be able to mm-hmm. give ourselves the real pleasure of being able to actually do those things? How do we change that mindset? Right. And this this idea that self-care is selfish. And although I think on one level, we know that that's not true, that we, especially as mothers and as healers and as helpers, that we really need to take care of ourselves first. And we say that, but sometimes we end up paying a lot of lip service to that and not really translating that into action or making it a priority and making it a priority every day. It, It can't be an afterthought or something that you schedule in once a month. It really needs to be something that you're paying attention to every single day. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be luxurious and it doesn't have to be extravagant. It's the mindset and the intention behind the activities that you're doing that really make them self-care. So it's more like uh, even think about it on like a macro, a micro level, sorry, a micro level, because, you know, hashtag self-care Sunday is sort of <laughs> everywhere, right? And everyone's spending all day Sunday and it's, it's everywhere. It's in popular culture, but it kind of cringe, like self-care Sunday makes it feel so cringy to me because it should be more than that, right? Mm-hmm. I talk about radical self-care. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like this idea that like you would, I mean, you should be taking care of yourself every day and to put, you know, like to, and, and I don't know if that's like, you know, we should prioritize rest on Sunday and we should always make sure that we're on that, on, on the list of things to, to do and take care of that day. But you're right. It's an everyday thing. We do things every day that we know are good for us to do. And, and there's a, it makes a difference when you recognize that that's what you're doing and that's why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. It enhances the benefit of whatever activity that you're doing when you bring your full attention to the activity, recognize it and label it mm-hmm. in this case of self-care. So, so why do you think that particularly women tend to put themselves last and make self-care so low on the priority list? I think there are a couple of reasons and we could probably come up with some together, but there is this idea that putting our needs 
like ahead of others in our lives, like our children and our partners or our friends and family is, is selfish. And I don't know if it's about putting our needs ahead of anybody else's needs. It's really about putting our needs on the list too. <laughs> Just not being self-neglectful, which I think is where we, we go wrong. I think that's where we get it wrong is that we have equated that idea with not doing it at all. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about making sure that we have carved out time for ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's get down to it. How much time does someone need for themselves every day? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. It's a good question, though. I've had that. It's like, at what dose? At what dose uh-huh. do you get a response? Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'd love to know the answer to that question. It's a great research study. We should do that. Um, but I think. Well, it, it, and the reason why we probably don't have a good answer for that is everybody's different. Yeah. Right? And so everybody's needs are going to be different. And, and even in one individual, their needs are going to change over time or even day to day, just depending. So it really requires a person to have a good self-assessment and a good self-awareness so that they can be kind of constantly or on a regular basis checking in with themselves and how am I doing? What do I need? How am I doing? What do I need? How am I doing? What do I need? And like how much self-care, how much self-attention needs to be paid would be based on like the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. So it could vary. Mm-hmm. But at a minimum, I think even just a few minutes mm-hmm. in recognition of yourself and sort of taking a time, even if it's just a few moments to breathe, that's self-care. In that moment, if that's what you need, if that's what you need and you're being responsive to that, then that counts as self-care. Yeah. And I'm sort of taking that a step further, sort of like everything else that we make a habit or we put into our lifestyle, I'm assuming the more that we do this, the more that we do this, right? And the more we sort of realize it's so good for us, it's okay to have either moments of self where we're just not taking care of someone else or we're, we talked a little bit about this before we started where we're actually doing something like playing and we can talk about what adult playing is. Yeah. It's probably not as, as sexy as it sounds. I guess it could be. <laughs> um, but so is, is there, am I wrong to sort of think there's, you've sort of formed this connection where when you do it more, you do it more. Yes. Absolutely. I think anything that we do more and make a habit and are deliberate and intentional about doing it, we get better at doing it and it's self-generating. So we want to do it more. It becomes reinforcing and rewarding. And I think that's a really like critical part is that we want for it to feel good. We want for it to be enjoyable. We deserve that. And the brain needs to be reminded of what it feels like to feel good. And this is sort of what we were talking about before, which is especially during you know, the past few months and even now and kind of looking ahead, it's kind of difficult to look forward to things and to have things in our lives be like enjoyable. Um, You know, there's stress and uncertainty and anxiety kind of looming all the time. And it, it almost feels um, like uh, in some ways, maybe even insensitive to be thinking about doing fun things right now when there's just so much strife and, um, and, and, turbulence. And so, but the problem with that is that if we don't take the time and be intentional about also enjoying ourselves on a regular basis, if not a daily basis, then that part of the brain 
almost forgets how, and it's sort of like a muscle. It's sort of like when you stop working out a particular muscle, it doesn't go away. It just gets weaker and maybe a little atrophied over time. You can, you know, you can bring it back. You can build it back up by working it out, but you need to recognize that that isn't just um, something that happens to us, that we can cultivate an active practice um, of happiness, pleasure, play, and reward. Yeah, I actually had an interesting conversation with someone who does uh, sex counseling, uh, and I'm drawing some parallels, and she had mentioned to me, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, but that we think that sexual activity is sort of always spontaneous. We see it in the movies, right. and everything happens spontaneously, right? Or that fun is just spontaneous, yeah. you know, and we don't have to it do anything. It happens upon us, and we yeah. just experience it that way. So we're like, <laughs> right, right, exactly. The circus just pulls up to your house. You're the winner the and exactly. Um, and so you're right. We do have to sort of, uh, you know, I'm seeing sort of some parallels, you know, sexual health, just happiness and playing in general is that we might have to do some of that legwork where we start to plan for mm -hmm. those things and prepare for them and then accept them and be excited just as if they were magically spontaneous, which is sort of this fantasy, right? Everything is just spontaneous. And no, I, I do think there are some parallels and, and we can talk, you know, like sexual pleasure or even non-sexual pleasure, but being able to connect with your senses and, and yeah. have the experience of, of seeing beautiful things and experience them and being visually stimulated and hearing beautiful things and having that be pleasurable and delightful and like, and um, being outside and feeling um, the wind and the sun and just in those moments, really recognizing those as um, sensations and as, as enjoyable and, and actually just kind of bookmarking them as such helps you remember and allows you to recall those times in the future. And you're more likely to either remember that things are, are good or better and instead of always remember things being so bad, right? And also what we remember also predicts how we look forward to the future. And so it's easier to recall good times that we've had and experience those now. Mm -hmm. It's easier, easier for us to access those experiences if we purposely make a note that this is enjoyable. I like this. This feels good. You just kind of take a moment. You take it all in. You're like, this is okay. This moment's a good one. And I feel like it may have been you who taught me that this trick that when we meditate on something and we think about those senses, the brain doesn't actually know if it's real or not, or if it's actually existing or not, if you're in a deep meditative state. And so I wonder too, if you think that you can recreate that moment of play if you're really present when you are being mindful or breathing or meditating later on and reinforce those circuitries. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I think again, I yeah, A plus. <laughs> it's sort of like, and every, I think everybody can relate to this experience. It's like a song that you hear, and is it from Paw Patrol? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> We're just kidding. Song. All I do is listen you know, to toddler these songs music. They're associated with like memorable times in our life or memorable people in our life or memorable experiences. And as soon as you hear it, you're almost transported, right? Or like your grandmother's perfume. 
Yes. yes. Smells, sounds, all of those things. And you're sort of in this way, sort of instantly kind of, at least for a moment, transported to that time. And so, yes, you're lighting up that circuitry and you're laying down new, like new connections and you're kind of bringing that experience even into the present. Yeah. And so remembering times that were happy and pleasurable and um, exciting is enough to kind of recreate at least partially like simulate that experience for your brain now. Yeah. That's good self-care. I mean, that's part of the practice. Yeah. 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 So what do you tell someone who is self-care challenged? If they're uh-huh. self-care challenged, how do you get them to start? Okay, so that's a good question. I'm glad that you asked. Um, you know, if you want to level up your self-care game, get your self-care game on point. Um, so I have an acronym that I use to help people remember. Okay, what should I be doing? What are the basics? Um, and you know, most you know, some people have already got some of these down. That's great. Um, but we can do the advanced work if you'd like. So that the acronym to help people remember is if you're looking for a healthy escape. Okay, and escape stands for exercise, sleep, connection, appreciate, pleasure, and exhale. So most people know that exercise is is good for us and that's probably a really good place to start if you're doing nothing else. Physical activity of any kind is good for us. We've become awfully sedentary. And I'm a pretty regular exerciser. And what I've realized over the past few months is that doing regular exercise is important, but it doesn't necessarily negate the negative consequences of being sedentary. But like, mm-hmm. those are two different things. Mm-hmm. And so even in myself, I can notice that there's a difference because I'm pretty active, but I've also become a lot more sedentary. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that that's having an impact. Maybe we can talk about that another time. But any mm-hmm. sort of physical activity movement every day should mm-hmm. be something structure. Mm-hmm. Sleep is the next one and mm-hmm. everybody's sleep needs vary and you might have a sense of what, you know, how many hours of sleep that you need, but you want to aim for quality over quantity. And really it's about just making a routine around sleep, prioritizing sleep and prioritizing rest. That's a really critical part of our health that we tend to overlook. We spend a third of our lives asleep. Mm-hmm. It's really important. We wouldn't do anything for a third of our lives if it wasn't critical to our health and survival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I I love sleeping. <laughs> I, I I will tell you that for the first time in a long time, my sleep was pretty significantly disrupted mm-hmm. during COVID, especially in the beginning. And there was just a lot going on. It, it, and so I really had to like practice what I preach and like, yeah. employ a lot of yeah. And then the other one that was disrupted is connection. Mm-hmm. So connecting with people obviously has been a lot harder to do, or at least different, differently to do, um, but it's still really important. And there's lots of ways to connect. It doesn't always require connecting with another person. We can connect with him. We can connect with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can connect with nature. We connect with pets. We can connect with a cause, or we can connect with the community. And all of those things count. The point is to just feel connected to them. I like that. The next one is appreciate, which is gratitude, which we've spent some time talking about. So it's recognizing every day that things are, you know, that, you know, counting your blessings, being thankful, saying thank you, recognizing the good, and then also appreciating the lessons. I think that's a really also important part of gratitude practice. Then the P, of course, is pleasure. 
play, laughter, we talked about that. So doing something every day or as often as possible that you find enjoyable or delightful or interesting even, or engaging. Okay. And then the last one is exhale, which is um, breathing, meditation, relaxation. And again, the key to all of those, those are all great. You don't have to do all of those every day. And there's a lot of activities that we can do that actually count you know, you get more bang for your buck and you can check off several of those with one. And those are kind of fun to do. But it's really just that momentary recognition that I'm doing this for my self-care. I'm doing this for me. This is good for me. I like that. So escape. I will put that in the, um, I really like the ac- um, acronym, right? That's the word I'm looking for. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been calling it. <laughs> Yeah, I really do like that. So that you don't, you know, you can kind of peel apart some of those layers and and start if you're sort of new to Mm -hmm. self-care and sort of where to think about starting. As you were kind of going through this list, I was thinking about how I developed, I tried to develop a few new hobbies during this time, and one of which was gardening. And we're talking like I just planted herbs and I bought a uh, tomato plant, which is pretty much self-sufficient, but I water it. And I think picking up a new hobby is interesting because, again, you're sort of lighting up a different part of your brain. You're maybe watching a YouTube video on how to grow basil or something like that. And I I like the gardening thing because you can smell all the things and you're taking care of something. So I'm connecting with it. And so I was thinking about how maybe gardening has really checked off a lot of those things, even though I'm nowhere near a, you know, green thumb, but it's just sort of something new that was, I was able to do during this time. Yeah. I don't think we, it requires us to be good at the thing that we're doing. <laughs> so if I count. kill all my plans, that's fine. No, it's, it's the journey. <laughs> destination. That's good. Yeah. Cause the cilantro's dead. <laughs> the basil's brown. It's, it's, it's just. Well, and cooking is another one that I, cooking or baking, I think is another one that I've seen a lot of people do or get back to. Right, which kind of again is very similar. It's very creative, and and it can be very meditative and very um because you if you know you kind of focus on that and you're creating something and you're putting like love into it and you can just make it into a a thing that's much more enjoyable and something that we might have just sort of you know added to the list of things that we have to do. And I think the more things that we have to do that we also then want to do or get to do just changes the whole experience of that thing mm-hmm. from something that we might have dreaded and not looked forward to to something that we do. That's so funny. To look forward to. Yes. You know, I think an, another example is I've been walking my dog. Now this, let me just tell you, we used to just let my dog out in the fence backyard and we bought a very expensive fence that we could just put her out there and be lazy and not have to walk her. Then we quickly realized she had dug up the whole yard. So we spent a whole bunch of money to relandscape it when, you know, the pandemic uh, just kind of started. So April or so. So I've been walking her every morning because she's not allowed to rip up the yard anymore. And it's also something that like I used to, it used to be this like, oh, you know, I don't even I just get a fence. Right. But I really enjoy it. I go without my phone. I go early enough where it's not hot out. I see the neighbors. I hear the birds chirping. It's really nice. So it's also kind of like re, uh, 
bringing up something that used to be in my should list or have to do list where is now mm-hmm. part of myself. That's like my self care yes. is walking the dog. Yes. Yes. That's it. It doesn't that's have to be genius. No, it could be the things that you're already doing. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a part of your self-care routine and your self-care practice because now you've totally changed that experience exactly from a chore or something that you have to do to something you actually enjoy and get something out of as well. The busyness of our lives, it's, you know, it came to a screeching halt and it's, and it's sort of, you know, stayed pretty slow, which has been a difficult adjustment, I think, in some ways. Mm-hmm. But I think in other ways, when you look at it that way, it really has allowed us to pause and think and, and take more time. We didn't have time. I mean, we were always rushing from one thing to the next and we had to get here and we had to get there and had to do this. And it was just, there was no time. Um, and so I do think that that's probably an upside. How do you think self-care might extend into the next couple of months where things really flip-flop a lot? Like how do we keep up our self-care when the world around us, you know, continues to have these big shifts and are we going back to school? Are they not going back to school? Are we going to vote? Are we not going to vote? How do we keep our self-care up during all these things? I think the self-care practices and building a routine helps create more stability. It creates routine, structure, stability, and predictability. And so even if all this stuff is sort of swirling around us and we're not sure where things are going to land yet, that's something over which we still have some control. Mm. And I think our need for control or some level of perceived control over what we're doing and how we're doing it is really important. So, and what I have people do is sort of pick, pick something that's a non-negotiable, like either on that list or from another list or whatever, but like pick one thing that like you is it is just like a non-negotiable like you can't go without that or you can't go without that for too long um and just make sure that you're like carving out time to do that um and treating that as a form of like like medicine Medicine. this is critical to my health and um and i'm treating it as importantly as i would any other sort of treatment that's been prescribed Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. For me, it's exercise. I cannot go long enough without exercise. And I have found ways to be able to do that at home. I was actually doing that anyways prior, but really kind of stepped up my game and my husband as well, who used to go to the gym. And I do think when I think about times in my life, say residency, and I was really busy and I didn't exercise, how many downstream effects that had like negative mental energy, negative self-talk, just feeling, you know, just Mm -hmm. not like myself. Whereas where I've over the years really learned to accept that, you know, I'm going to turn my pager off during this hour and you know what, nothing's ever happened. And I've probably been more productive than I ever was when I didn't do those things. So Mm -hmm. I think for me is the ability to think about a time when I didn't put that on the list and compare it to a time when I did also made it seem really important, like a prescribed, like a prescription, Mm -hmm. like a medication. Like if you don't take this, (laughs) there will be consequences to your health. And exercise is a remedy for exhaustion. So I know that's not something we usually think about when we're tired and we're tired and it's been confusing to people because like we're, we're moving less. Why would I be so tired? And the reason why we're tired is because we're moving less. 
And mm -hmm. so it is, it, and it's another, it's, it's critical for that reason as well. So the energy begets energy. If we want more energy, we need to move more. Mm -hmm. Really, That's also really, another reason. really mm -hmm. good point. You're absolutely right. I remember when this all started and my practice went to telemedicine, I was seeing less patients, but I was so tired. And it's because I just literally sat in this, I mean, you can see my commute <laughs> to the right. office. And like, I was just I used to joke about rolling out of bed, but like no, literally, <laughs> like I, rolled, I roll into the office. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you you got your pajama pants on on the bottom, and or or maybe you are. <laughs> yep, you go to work. And so, yeah, you're right. It, it, that's a very, very good point. And maybe a reason we're so tired is we're not, we're too slow. Yeah. That's a really too good point. Too underactivated. We're too hypoactivated. Interesting. Or, and then like anxious, and then our, you know, our nervous system is on overdrive and being overactivated, you know, especially in the beginning, but that can also lead to a lot of exhaustion too. And so I think just, again, that's, I mean, I, taking care of ourselves is probably more important than ever. Yeah. What kind of things do you like to do for play that is not anything we've already talked about? Okay. So my remedy is um, laughing. Mm -hmm. That's oh. the thing that, so I, for, I like, if I need a boost, like a feel good boost, like uh -huh. quickly, uh -huh. I laugh. So I've got comedians that I listen to on like, like the XM radio. I've got comedy shows that I like. Yeah. And I like a good belly laugh is like nothing for, to feel good. If you want to feel good fast, laugh. Oh my gosh. You know what? That's so true. So I've been watching The Office. Have you ever watched that show? Oh my gosh. I've never seen it before in my entire life. And it is just so funny and like their facial expressions, but like the, the humor from the show will last me several hours because it's just so funny. It's so ridiculous, you know? I'll have to do that one. Especially in contrasting to like today where, you know, this show is a couple years old. And so there's lots of things you really, you already couldn't say them. You know, the Michael Scott, the main characters shouldn't have already said them. But now it's just so insane that he would say these things. It's just so funny. You're right. Laughter. I, I freaking love it. I love oh. it. Um, I think this has been so, so helpful just to sit and hammer out and think about when, why self-care is really important, not just for your selfie on Instagram, right? It's not mm -hmm. for that. And also how we can think about even doing small doses every day, how we mm -hmm. can think about making the things that we already do just more enjoyable by just being present and actually seeing them as self-care as opposed to just this thing on my list. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the escape exercise, sleep, connections, appreciate, play, pleasure, and exhale. And I also loved the thing that you mentioned about connections not having to be, you know, those connections with our friends or being together in a restaurant or at the theater like we used to, but maybe connecting with nature and our pets and ourselves because, you know, there's, there is not a lot that we do have control over, but certainly our daily regimens we can. And I, I kind of think to that point, not making it so regimented that it turns into an, I have to, you know, meditate. I have to, Mm -hmm. you know, get, do my makeup it, it, more yep. of a, it should be something that makes you feel happy. So the, the importance of self-care, and I think that was a, a beautiful summary 
well done. <laughs> the importance of self-care for me and is in the recognition that I'm worth the time and effort that it takes to do those things. And that sends an important message, you know, our behavior sends important messages back to our brain about how we're doing. And we do those things. It reminds us that, A, we're worth the time and effort that it takes to do it and that we're doing okay. And I know it's like, it's pretty basic. I mean, people talk about self-care as pretty basic stuff, but I'm, a, but, and these solutions are fairly simple, but I'm a big fan of simple solutions. We tend to make things more complicated than they need to be. And we live really, you know, really complicated lives. So I think, you know, simple is effective and don't overlook the simple strategies too. And what was your definition of self-care? Do the things that make you happy? The things that you know are good for you. Do the things that you know are good for you. Okay. Do the things that you know are good for you. I, I'm so thrilled that we got to take a moment and do this together and talk about self-care in a way that makes it, you know, not so much of a selfish type of activity, but really more of a, a really cognitively um, helpful behavioral technique, right? Yeah, it's like an attitude. It's almost more of an, less of an, I mean, it's an action, but it's also the attitude that you bring to it. Like this was self-care for me, just this conversation. <laughs> I know. It's so good because I, my list. I know, I feel like I haven't seen you in so long and <laughs> you're just such a joy to have in my life. So everyone for listening, this was our, us doing self-care right now. So yes. if you're listening, maybe listening to my podcast is self-care. <gasps> Look at that. Look right? at everybody self-caring right now. Right now. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I'm just Everybody's kidding. self-care game just leveled up. <laughs> yes. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time for being on the show today. If people thank want to you, find Heather. you, where can they find you? Well, they can find me on Instagram. Um, mental fitness doc. I do post some self-care stuff there, tips and tricks and other mental fitness kinds of things. Um, also on Twitter, but my, um, my clinic is at Brigham and Women's and we have a website there too. Perfect. I'm going to link all of your stuff below. So if anyone wants to find out more or follow you on social media, I definitely recommend it. You are such a great inspiration, certainly to me. So I know you will be to others as well. So thank you guys so much. Thanks everyone for listening in. I absolutely appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It means the world to me. If you liked this episode, give it a star or some reviews or let me know. I love your comments. That really does shape how I want to make these next episodes. So let me know and I will see you guys again next week. Bye.